Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. Her bill, and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you're an undocumented person in this country, you can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Like I always say, remember, you know enough. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. I don't discuss business with my son. Whoosh. Get your word straight, Jack. President Hutt was never in business with his son. Whoosh. According to bank records obtained by the House Oversight Committee, though, uh, one of Hunter Biden's businesses, Osawa PC, set up direct payments to the president. Uh, did the president accept payment? Uh, look, Pat, look, here's the deal. So I have to be uh, clear with you. I, I have not seen that. Oh, I see nothing. I was not here. I did not even get up. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's Howie Carr. 844 if you would like to join us. You know, a, a lot of uh, winnable races for the Republican Party were lost over the last couple of cycles in Massachusetts because of the abysmal, horrible, very bad leadership of uh, the state GOP, the Mass Republican Committee under uh, Jim Jones Lyons. And uh, he's trying to get back into power again. He's not going to make it. I wrote a column about it for tomorrow. He, uh, a lot of his uh, acolytes, rather than drink the Kool-Aid, are, are fleeing and they can't get enough people to run. But, you know, that's that's good news in a way, I suppose, that he's going to be stopped, fingers crossed. But a lot of elections, very winnable elections, were lost, some of them by the narrowest of margins. And there can't be any narrower margin than one vote. One vote. And uh, one of those elections was uh, Lenny Mira. He'd been in the legislature for a while up on the North Shore. And uh, he was defeated by one vote. And, and, and obviously, if there had been any kind of statewide Republican organization, if they'd, man, mount, if they'd put forward anyone other than an absolute clown as the nominee, DoorDash deal, if they had spent any time trying to do organizing on the millionaire's tax or the illegal alien driver's license, this, this wouldn't have happened. Lenny Mirror would still be in there. There'd be a lot of Repu- There'd be still be a Republican sheriff in uh in Barnstable. There'd still be a Republican sheriff in uh, Bristol. There'd still be a Republican DA in Barnstable. They're all gone. All those elections are gone. Lost. But Lenny Mira got some more ironic, I guess you'd call it, news from the uh, from the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State oversees the elections, William Galvin. And we've got Liddy Mira on the uh, line now to tell us what the uh, Secretary of State has ruled just now about his election. Liddy Mira, first of all, I, re- I wish you were still in the legislature, and I wish everybody who's been defeated under the Jim Jones Lions misrule was still in office, and I wish we had some other seats that were winnable. But that is not to be. So why don't you tell us what's happened to you now? 
Well, thank you for having me on the air, Howie. I appreciate the kind words. And, yeah, hopefully the uh, state party, which has got to be the worst-run party in America, either side, right? It has to be. Hopefully under this new leadership it will start to improve under Amy Carnavale. But uh, we've got a big hole to dig out of. Uh, but yes, Ian, going back um, into my, we've been chasing the Secretary of State's office to look into it uh, for all these months now. They just simply refuse to do it. William Galvin. A year. More than a year. Oh, yeah. And Secretary Galvin just simply refuses to answer our phone calls or emails. He hides behind one of his attorneys, a lady by the name of Michelle Tassinari. And finally, we at least got an email from her admitting that a bunch of ballots in Raleigh never got opened. They just didn't get counted. And this was discovered during the recount. How many? Raleigh. They found at least 10 ballots that were improperly spoiled or discarded and never counted, Howie. At least 10 I, I like that word, spoiled. That, the, that, that's a really bad word to use, I think. You know, wouldn't it be well, some, it wouldn't word, better word be invalidated? Well, because if you go to the polls in person, Howie, and you make a mistake, you can request a new ballot. And they'll take your old one and write spoiled on it, so that way you're not voting twice, right? Okay. Well, if you mail in a ballot and the voting machine rejects it, they're not supposed to write spoiled on it. They're supposed to hand count it at the end of the election. And that's what every city and town did, except for the town of Raleigh, this tiny little town on the North Shore. And no one discovered this until the recount that took place in Raleigh. And uh, what ended up happening is when the recount was all done, it showed no change in the overall vote. And I was up by four votes, okay? And that's how it should have ended. The election should have ended right there. And with everyone leaving Raleigh, packing up to leave, uh, Democrats working for my opponent, Kirsten Kavanaugh, said, hey, we want to look at those spoiled ballots. And they pulled out these 10 spoiled. And with their opponent down by four votes, they were allowed to sift through the pile and pull out five of them, all with her name on it. And that's how she won by one vote. What happened to the other five? Good question. Good question. To this day, they remain closed, sealed, and never counted. So those voters in Raleigh were completely disenfranchised. And we think it's at least five that were unopened. It could be more. Uh, But the Secretary of State refuses to look into it. He simply refuses to even acknowledge it. Well, they can't do anything now because a judge has ruled that it's up to the legislature to decide who's in the legislature, right? That it's it's separation of powers and all that stuff. That's exactly right. The Constitution says that the House has the last say in in who is actually seated. So when this happened, we thought for sure we could go to court. In the court of law, we certainly see that, um, you know, they handled it incorrectly. That you'd been hosed. always argued that. What's that? That you'd been hosed. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, our attorney said, no, under Mass General Law, I guess it's Chapter 54, Section 103, it says only the, the court's have jurisdiction to order the counting of any ballot improperly rejected. That's what should have happened. A judge should have looked at these 10 ballots. And um, instead, what they did, they allowed the Democrats to sift through it and pull out five of them when they were... when they were And those, those like five they vote. just happened to sift through and find happened <laughs> to break 5-0 for the Democrats. Exactly. So we went to court. We filed a complaint. We ended up before a judge by the name of Thomas Dreschler. We thought for sure... Oh, I know Tom Dreschler. He used to be the law partner of Felon Fenneran. He is the friend and, and Jimmy Byrne too, another Democrat uh, worthy from uh, the city former city councilor from Dot. Yes, that's the one. And so we had a hearing before him. It, it was on Zoom for some reason, 
And as soon as the hearing started, he started lambasting my lawyers, like screaming at them, saying, you come into my courthouse with a complaint, you don't even bring the evidence with you, where are these ballots? And we had to explain to him, Your Honor, we're not allowed to touch the ballots. Only a court or the House of Representatives can order the ballots to be unsealed. And he, he, he continued on. He said, well, you could have brought me copies of them or something. We had to tell him, no, Your Honor, we're not allowed to make copies. We couldn't even take pictures with our phones. We just, you have to order unsealing of these ballots in order for you to, to, to see them. And so I couldn't understand why this guy had it out for us, like why he hated my attorneys. And when I Googled his name, yeah, he represented Tom Finneran in that famous case uh, where he was found guilty of perjury, I guess. Well, guess who the attorney was that took him down? It was oh. my attorney, Michael Sullivan. Oh, Michael and Sullivan, so how, the U.S. attorney, the U.S. attorney in the in the day. Exactly right. He was my attorney in this case, and that's why Dreschler had it out for him. And I was like, "How is this guy even allowed to hear this case? He, he's got to recuse but himself." Plus, he, how about the fact that he's seventy years old? They have a mandatory retirement oh. age of seventy, yeah. and this guy's still sitting on the bench in his dotage. He was a very angry old guy, and you could just tell he had it out for my attorney, Michael Sullivan, just hated him. But at the end of the hearing, he said, I want those ballots in my courthouse tomorrow morning. And the towns did it under police escort. How they, they delivered these ballots to the courthouse. And when they get there, he decides, you know what, I'm not going to open them. Because my opponent's attorney, a guy by the name of Jerry McDonough, said, no, it's not your jurisdiction. Only the House can order the opening of these ballots. Well, that's wrong, because the Attorney General's office had two lawyers there. They both said, no, it's the court's jurisdiction until the new legislature is sworn in. But If only his old law partner hadn't been convicted of obstruction of justice and had still been the Speaker of the House, you might have gotten a different decision. (laughs) Probably. In the halls of justice, the only justice is in the halls. This This is today's lesson in that eternal verity. God. Well, you know, we have a good system in that it, it calls for different levels of government, different branches of government. The problem is when, when one party controls all those branches and all those levels, it's inherently corrupt. And that's what happened here. I mean, at, at every step, every Democrat voted to, to hide those ballots to make sure the public would never see them. So what happened next was it went before a special House committee. So Speaker Mariano called the House committee, chaired by Michael Day, the state rep from Stonehenge. And, you know, we thought for sure... This guy, Michael Day, was going to open the ballots, see the mistakes made, yeah. and make the right call. The same and guy who's trying to take away everybody's guns. Yeah, that's the same Michael Day, exactly. And so he had a hearing where we all went there, and it was my race plus the Shepard Scarsdale race. And yeah, that's the one Jim Jones's buddy, uh, Rick Green, threw to the Democrats because they lost the primary. Yeah. Thank that's you, Jim one. Jones. Thank you, Jeff Deal. Thank you, Rick Green. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But at Good the end Lord. of that hearing, Michael Day had one question. He goes, all right, we're going to investigate this, but I'm going to ask you all if you'll accept the decision made after the investigation is done. We all said, yeah, we'll accept the decision no matter what it is. And he said that and then proceeded to not do any investigation at all. Never ordered the ballots unsealed, ordered to cover them up. And so they never got a chance to look at them. We had one final shot. The uh, Republican on the committee was Brad Jones, House Minority Leader. And so Brad Jones filed Bill uh, H-53, which brought it to a vote before the entire House, entire House of Representatives, to just look at the ballots, not change the outcome, not name who's going to get seated, just to look at the ballots. And it was just a straight party line vote. Uh, One Democrat voted with Republicans. It was Russell Holmes, state rep from Boston. 
He was the Good only Democrat to vote. With, he's a great guy. He's a hero. Nothing less than a hero. And he was the only one to vote with Republicans to say, no, let's look at these ballots. Something is obviously wrong here. But every other Democrat said, no, let's keep it hidden, sweep it under the rug, make sure no one ever sees these ballots. And that's how it ended. And that's how we stand now, uh, a one-vote win uh, for Kirsten Kasner. And, you know, here's what gets me. No one ever bothered to call her to ask her, you know, ask Kasner what did she know and when did she know it. Because she knows these ballots were not open. She knows that these voters in Raleigh had their votes discarded. They were completely disenfranchised. And she paid her lawyers to keep it that way. And it's just shameful, just absolutely grotesque. But, but Lydia, it never should have come down to this. Today. You should have won. You should no. have won another term easily. If the if the if the Republicans had been doing anything other than trying to screw other Republicans under the leadership of Jim Jones Lyons, it never would have come to this, would it? It's it's hard enough running against this Democrat party machine. But then when you're running against your own party, forget it. You're done. And then you have the media also running. For the Democrats. And, you know, it, it started off with a, a really awful redistricting. So Mike Moran, the state rep from Bright, he's the one that does redistricting. I lost 70 percent of my district. Seven, not seven, like which would have been normal or 17, what would have been a lot. 70 percent. So I wasn't even like the incumbent. It was like starting all over. So we knew we were in for a tough race, but still, it, it shouldn't have been this close. If we had any kind of mass GOP, Howie, you're right. It, it wouldn't even have been close because this you're- this your area, campaign manager, your campaign manager is now running. John Olds is now running a, running for the state committee seat against Todd Taylor, this uh, hack from Chelsea who was also on Jim Jones payroll because his wife, his Todd Taylor and his wife were both on the committee. They were two votes for the Kool-Aid cult. So now John Olds is trying to get rid of uh, Todd Taylor and in this uh, it. it what, what's left of the corruption and uh, nepotism and fa- not, favoritism and and uh, patronage on the state committee, and I hope he, I hope John Olds wins, and I'm going to try to help him out as much as I can when he's running against Todd Taylor. No, he's a very smart young man. Worked very hard. You've never seen a person work harder than this kid did. He got screwed in this election as well because he was. The, you're right. He was my campaign manager, but um, he's got a good attitude. He's always optimistic, and he's running for state committee because that's how you make a difference. That's how you fix the party. And so, all right, uh, he now Lenny. Lenny, we got a break, but thank you for joining us. And again, I'm very sorry about what happened to you. And uh, better luck next time. With the current economy, tensions in the Middle East, and a great deal of uncertainty, to say we've not experienced times like these is an understatement. But now is not the time to forget our fallen heroes. Despite what is happening around us, we still have so many reasons to be a grateful nation. And in large part, we have our military and our veterans to thank for our liberties and freedoms. National Wreaths Across America Day is Saturday, December 16th. You can join in the mission to remember our fallen heroes, honor those who currently serve, and teach younger generations the values of their freedoms. A $17 donation to Wreaths Across America sponsors a fresh, handmade balsam wreath from Maine with a single red bow. The veterans' wreaths have become a gift of America's respect. The circular wreath made with 10 balsam bouquets is a catalyst for unity, healing, and an expression of gratitude. Join the more than 2 million volunteers and supporters who will gather to remember, honor, and teach at more than 4,000 participating locations in all 50 states, at sea, and abroad. Please sponsor a Veterans Wreath today and show your appreciation for our veterans. Go to wreathsacrossamerica.org. That's wreathsacrossamerica.org. 
Please donate now. I'm Howie Carr. Howie Carr will be right back. Howie Carr is back. 844-500-4242. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. Reduce your heating bills with the Gen 40 heater. Order fast and now at EdenPureDeals.com. Save $50 with code Howie50 and get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, code Howie50. Taylor, what's the poll question? What are the re- results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can still vote in at HowieCarshow.com, is should the Israelis flood the Hamas savages' tunnels with seawater from the Mediterranean? Yes, it would save Israeli lives, or no, some terrorists might be drowned. Yes, it would save Israeli lives, and the lives of dogs, too. Back up to 98% who agree with you. It went down to 97? Yeah, last hour. Yikes. It was a terrorist assault on the poll question. 844-500-4242. Dan, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Dan. Hey, thanks for taking the call, Howie. My, my main comment is on global warming. Before I, before I jump to that, it's a, Liz Cheney is still talking? Like, my God, She's got a book out. Longer... She's got a book out, and I'm sure sales are not exactly brisk. Plunging. Uh, is that is that Liz? Is that short for lizard? I mean, how much longer do we have to listen to this reptile? Uh, well, she anyway, looks like um, she's aged about ten years too since she left the Congress. I guess that's what ha- having to work for a living does to her. Didn't didn't she lose like by massive forty points, points like, in a primary? Like maybe maybe forty in the points of yeah ever lose yeah. And, and you read that article, too, about stop pretending. What was that? Stop pretending a Trump dictatorship? Is yeah, it's it's increasingly enough. inevitable. That's what they said, increasingly inevitable. And that comment about stop pretending, we need to stop pretending, uh, that should be like, uh, that should be one of your poll questions. You know, like, what what would be your favorite thing to have Democrats stop pretending about? Like, stop <laughs> pretending. There are 78 genders. What? Yeah, right. Stop. Yeah, like, what would be your favorite one? I mean, make an awesome <laughs> poll question. Anyway, um, about the global warming, I, I work out in the Hamptons, and I'm a, I'm a contractor out here, and uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm tired. You, you go to these houses after one of these weekends, and, dude, every light is on in, like, a 13,000-square-foot house. Every light is on. They just left it there. Doors open. House is heated to 80 pools steaming off into the winter night you know it's like and then they're gonna and it's like their fifth house you know there's like one here and one in chevy chase and right. one in god knows where another in jackson hole you know what i mean they, they probably got 150,000 square feet <laughs> under roof like al gore and, you know what i mean and they're yeah. shedding around or yachting around from place to place yeah and, and they want us to be uh they want us to be taking the bus everywhere Thanks for the call, Dan. We come back, we're going to be talking to Turtle Boy about this latest on the U.S. Attorney's investigation on the care of the Karen Reed case. I'm Howie Carr.
Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. 844-500-4242. As you know, we've been uh, talking to uh, Turtle Boy, uh, Aiden Kearney, uh, the proprietor of uh, Turtle Boy Daily News, tbdailynews.com, about this uh, Karen Reed case where a, a woman is charged with second-degree murder and the death of her boyfriend, a Boston police officer named John O'Keefe. And she's charged with uh, running him over while drunk at a party in almost two years ago now, January 2022. And uh, Turtle Boy has been reporting on uh, various uh, conflicts of interest and uh, unanswered questions in the investigation by uh, District Attorney Mike Morrissey uh, of uh, Norfolk County. And he, Turtle Boy began reporting months ago that, uh, that, that there was a, a federal investigation into this case and uh, by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Boston. And uh, this this uh, this Monday night, uh, Fox 25 uh, confirmed all that. And uh, t- today there's a there's a story in the Globe saying that Mike Morrissey told the Globe in an interview he doesn't know why they're so interested in the case. We have uh, Turtle Boy ready to go on, but I want to play some of these cuts from uh, three of these cuts from uh, Ted Daniels on Fox 25 before we talk to Turtle Boy. Cut 20. It would be the first time the public would hear allegations of a cover-up, but not the U.S. Attorney's Office. Two days before, on April 10th, a federal grand jury issued subpoenas to people connected to the case, according to a source with direct knowledge of the proceedings. Reed's attorney, Alan Jackson, briefly referenced the probe at a hearing for Reed in May. Cut 21. Would the U.S. Attorney's Office begin a public corruption investigation on a hunch? Usually there's a tip from somebody. The federal government could be looking into possible corruption in the police department, possible obstruction of justice in the investigation, those sort of things. That's a former U.S. attorney that's uh, test, that's uh, being interviewed by uh, Ted Daniels. One last cut, cut 22. 25 Investigates has learned Norfolk DA Michael Morrissey believes he's being targeted. According to two sources, Morrissey sent a letter to DOJ headquarters in Washington requesting that the federal probe be transferred out of Massachusetts. In the letter, Morrissey alleges Rachel Rollins, who was the U.S. attorney when the probe began, held a personal grudge against him. Morrissey argues that is a conflict of interest, according to our sources. So the Norfolk District Attorney, Mike Morrissey, I call him past the gravy. He has uh, question who's going to play him in the movie, you know, because uh, Jackie Gleason and Fatty Arbuckle, neither of them are coming down for breakfast. But he said, he said today, this is according to The Globe, he's mystified why federal prosecutors in the Boston FBI office have taken the extraordinary step of conducting an inquiry into the ongoing Karen Reed murder prosecution. I'm shocked. Shocked. He's shocked. Turtle Boy, do you really think uh, Mike Mor- Mike passed the gravy Morrissey is shocked by the feds being involved in this case? I mean, I have a general idea why, but he might be dumb enough where he honestly doesn't know. I'm 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 going to have to go 50 or 50 on that one, Howie. I think he he's I mean, this is not a man who got to where he is because he's particularly intelligent. This is a guy who, you know, throws on the you know, throws down the the, the hard Quincy accent. You know, talks about if you know Jimmy Flaherty from back in, you know, your pickup softball team. This is how this guy has got by in life, by being, you know, a local townie 
who is never challenged on anything, is surrounded by nothing but yes-men. So he might be stupid enough to not real. The fact that he's going to the Globe and giving these comments indicates that he might be stupid. But he also might be a diabolical genius because he had a quote in the Globe today in which he said that's something to the extent of, uh, I think I have the exact quote here, he said, uh, I have the utmost confidence in what we've done and what people have told us. It sounds to me like he's got his escape plan there, and he's planning on throwing the state police under the bus. He's going to say, well, the, the state police are the ones who told me that, that you know, they, the proctor didn't know the McCabe's and didn't know the Alberts. I trusted them. So I hope they're ready because he's going to throw them under the bus so quickly. Well, in the past, you know, there have been all these uh, letting criminals go in Quincy especially, and uh, he's always, he always blames the judges. He says, what can I do with these judges? So, you know, this is nothing yeah. new. You just uh, point the finger at everybody else. Well, when this is all said and done, he's not going to be able to. Abby. I mean, obviously, my, like, this completely like, is basically justifies everything we've been saying about this from the beginning about this guy, the federal investigation. We were right. This is going to help us get rid of these bogus charges against me that he trumped up to try to silence us. And then we're going to sue him. You know, I, I've, I've got a, a, a nonprofit in New York called Good Counsel services and he's not going to be able to play stupid with them when we sue him and when we depose him and we ask him what he knew about this and my attorney tim bradel is uh obviously very excited to hear this news today uh because you know how are they going to prosecute me and karen reed now like you're under federal investigation not me like you have no nobody can trust a thing that you say anymore you're you're compromised well, you know, he's he's claiming that, uh, you know, she she Rachel Rollins, the former U.S. attorney who's now resigned in disgrace because she tried to fix the uh, district attorney's election in Boston uh, uh, a year ago, that that somehow she had a vendetta against him and went out of her way to uh, to go after him. I mean, you know, it's it's not really I, I mean, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, but it doesn't seem very believable. I mean, by the time this thing started, she had her hands full with this uh, with being investigated herself by the uh, by the right. watchdogs at the Justice Department. She didn't have time to go after anybody else. I, I don't mean, think how easy it's just the, the easy thing to do is throw Rachel Rollins under the bus because nobody likes her anyway. So just whatever, toss her under the bus. But uh, my sources tell me she was never even involved in this. Josh Levy, the new U.S. attorney, has been running point on this. And he, he seems to be a straight shooter because in the ethics report, he was the one telling her, no, don't accept those Celtic tickets. Don't accept those Celtics tickets. You can't do that. And she kept doing it anyway. So she, he's actually found the guy like the guy he should be worried about is the straight arrow guy. Not Rachel Rollins, who had nothing to do with this. And by the way, the, the federal grand jury was convened in July and August. They brought in all these people, right? So she was long gone by then. So this was not her doing. This is their doing. And he's just taking a name that we all know, and people will think that if he, if he blames it on her, oh, well, I don't like Rachel Rollins, so I guess this guy must be innocent. That's his plan. Well, I mean, what's the what's the latest on this? I mean, what what is your situation right now? You had the, you had the hearing last week, but he the uh, the the district court judge just kicked it up to the superior court. Where where, did, where does it stand now to get getting your devices back? Well, right now we're appealing to the SJC. Uh, we're trying to get these stay away orders to go away. 
Uh, and that's just what we're going to do with all of these. We're just going to appeal. This is stay away from the so-called to... witnesses, even though they say there are no witnesses. You've been ordered to stay away yes. from the witnesses that don't that they have earlier said don't exist. And one have I got that straight? Michael Proctor. Yeah, that's right. And one of them is Michael Proctor himself. I can't go near a, the lead detective in this case because I, I called him one time and left a, a voicemail asking him questions that he didn't like. And uh, so, so I can't go near them. So it's unconstitutional. The whole statute's unconstitutional. So we're just going to keep appealing things to the SJC. Uh, we're, we're not just going after you know, uh, you know, my freedom here. We're going to go after the statute itself because the whole witness intimidation thing is unconstitutional because it prevents people from uh, questioning people like this who are quite obviously involved in the cover-up of a murder. And what what is the situation with Karen Reed's case? How how uh, how, how is that uh, proceeding down the road to trial? Well, right now the trial date is set for March twelfth, but uh, I would uh, I would anticipate it's going to be pushed uh, out a little more uh, because these things always are. Uh, but certainly this uh, I, this is just my guessing. I have no way of knowing this because the feds don't speak, but. I'm guessing that the feds are just waiting to get to trial, like the closer this gets to trial, to come up with any more indictments. Buying time, trying to build a case here. You know how these are. These are like, you know, 500-page indictments. They're going to come out after a bunch of people. And so they want to dot their I's, cross their T's. And I think what they're waiting to do is is seeing how much these idiots keep putting into evidence to prove a cover-up. Like how many more pieces of taillight is Michael Proctor going to find and enter into evidence against Karen Reed. I think they're giving them the rope to hang themselves, and these morons who apparently think they're just untouchable and aren't don't even realize they're under FBI investigation just continue to do this to themselves. Yeah, but I think the U, the assistant U.S. attorney last night said, and it's been my experience as well, that these investigations take years. Years and this yeah, thing, they, this one's uh, this has been going on less than a year. I mean, that no, could we could be a year or two years been, away from any any federal indictments here if there are any to, at all. We could, but they uh, they also have an ethical obligation if they have exculpatory evidence for Karen Reed that her defense team can't get. For instance, they might be able to get Brian Albert's phone. Karen uh, Karen's been trying to get uh, his phone for quite some time, and the hack judge in Norfolk Superior, Beverly Canoni, Auntie Bev, uh, has been denying it. And so, but the FBI doesn't have to go through her. The FBI could have Brian Albert's cell phone communications. They could know things. And they could also, you know, a week before the trial, say uh, they'd be ethically obligated to give her defense team all of that information if they have it. Christopher Ray said today he wasn't obligated to tell people the Hunter Biden laptop was real, though, you know? If they're not going to help out the president of the United States, what are the chances they're going to help out Karen Reed? I don't know. It's like, well, Karen Reed isn't a political enemy of theirs. Like, Donald Trump is a political enemy of theirs, so they're going after him for political reasons. Karen Reed, nobody knows what her politics are. No one cares. They just see her as clearly uh, an innocent woman who has been caught up in the storm of corruption. Uh, she just happened across some of the most powerful, well-connected people on that fateful night, and John did as well. And met his demise. So, uh, I, 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 again, that's why we're out there protesting. That's why I've been so adamant about this case. This is the first alleged cop killer I've ever held protests on behalf of, uh, because I believe passionately, as do others, that she is completely innocent and that the there is massive corruption in the Norfolk County DA's office. And it looks like the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office agrees. 
Where is Chloe, by the way? Has anyone seen Chloe the dog? <laughs> no, it's just disappeared. There's a healthy six-year-old dog that just disappeared. Uh, I'm not sure if they old yelled her or, uh, you know, they claim <laughs> that, oh, she's living with some family. On a farm. Uh, On a farm. Yeah, this is yeah, that's what they yeah, but they can't. Nobody can produce her or say where she is or or why you got rid of the family dog. Like, why did you do that? They 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 fought animal control records being released, and as it turns out, uh, Karen's team won that. And as it turned out, the uh, dog had bitten and sent two people to the emergency room. So this is a dog that has a tendency to scratch and bite human beings, and it looks like John's arm is covered in what appear to be scratches and, and dog bites. And another question: Did uh, pass the gravy's PR flack? David Traub ever have uh, dinner with the uh, the menopausal Boston magazine reporter? <laughs> I don't know if he's still working that angle, but you know what? That is so typical of, of of how they're used to getting their way. Like these guys think that they're so used to just their arrogance. Uh, they can schmooze anyone over. Just oh, you want to go for burgers? Oh yeah, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll win you over the, over there. Well, it looks like the U.S. Attorney's Office isn't impressed. I mean, the funniest part is how he's t- he's telling the media how he's telling them, oh yeah, come in, you can come and talk to my troopers. You can come and talk to me whenever you want. And they're like, no, we're good. We already, have, we already have everything we need on you. We don't need to speak with you. You're the target, moron. You're not going to talk your way out of this one. All right, so you've got a legal defense fund going, and people can go and get. Where can they give money at uh, to your legal defense yeah, fund? So check out our Give Send Go. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter account at Doctor Turtle Boy. That's D O C T O R Turtle Boy because if Jill Biden's a doctor, then so am I. Uh, or you can check it out on our Facebook page, the Turtle Boy Facebook page, pinned right to the top for Give Send Go. And you have stories just about every day on this uh, case, uh, the Canton cover-up, and that's at tbdailynews.com, tbdailynews.com. That's correct. Thank you, Turtle Boy, and uh, congratulations on uh, getting some confirmation and uh, some support from from mainstream media. All right. In the past couple of years alone, close to 50 satisfied Howie listeners have allowed J.G. Manning auctioneers to sell their valuable real estate assets quickly, contingency-free, and for the highest price the market will pay. Don't wait. You could be the next. Since 1976, J.J. Manning's project-based approach of selling real estate has generated positive results for individuals, families, builders, companies, banks, estates, and more. You set the sale date, and you have one consolidated open house. No surprise, nor any last-minute showings. J.J. Manning's sellers are never left out in the cold wondering about interest in their property. Weekly inquiry reports provide measured progress and create a sense of teamwork through the auction process. There is no distress. You set the terms, you sell contingency-free, and the buyer pays all commissions. J.J. Manning uses their 30-30 marketing plan, 30 days of advertising and 30 days to close. No haggling and no changes to your deal. To learn more on how to get your commercial, residential, or land sold quickly, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111 or visit jjmanning.com. Call Charlie today at 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com and get your real estate sold. I'm Howie Carr. Get a crash course from the captain on everything he's talking about in today's show. Go to HowieCarshow.com and click on today's edition of Howie's Homework. You'll be up to speed on today's news in no time.
Holmes, Howie Carr. 844-500-4242. You know, I, I wouldn't count on too much from the FBI. As I just told Turtle Boy, I mean, you know, it's not like they're on the level. It's not like they were ever on the level, but they're less on the level now than they've ever been. For instance, they had Hunter Biden's laptop in December of 2019, 2019, December. In October of 2020, the Democrats in the, from the so-called intelligence community said it was probably Russian disinformation. The FBI knew it was real. Bill Barr, the attorney general, who was the supervisor of the FBI, he knew it was real. He was appointed by Donald Trump. So was the director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, at Chris Christie's behest. But they didn't tell. They didn't tell the media. They didn't tell the public. They didn't tell the voters that the laptop was real and that the Hunter, the the Democrat nominee's son, admitted to being a bag man for his father and having to give fifty percent of his his uh, collected graft from foreign nations, sinister foreign nationals, to the big guy. He didn't. They didn't tell him that. So today, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana asked Christopher Wray under oath the question you and I have been asking all along. Why didn't they tell the American people that the laptop was real? It would have switched the election to even after COVID and all the rest of the nonsense. It would have shifted the election returns to Donald Trump. Cut 2023. Why didn't the FBI just say, hey. The, 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 the laptop's real. Why don't you just tell everybody the laptop's real? We're not vouching for what's on it, but it's real. This isn't a, 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 a fiction. Well, I, I, as you might imagine, the FBI cannot, especially in a time like that, be talking about an ongoing investigation. Second, I would tell you that at least my understanding is that both the FBI folks involved in the conversations and the Twitter folks involved in the conversations both say that the FBI did not direct Twitter to uh, suppress. But others were story. in government. Well, I can't, again, I can't speak to others in government. Now, that's part of the point that I was trying to make because the Fifth yes, Circuit's sir, but opinion. But you're the FBI. You're not part of the White House and part of Homeland Security. You're not supposed to be political. You see all this controversy going on. Why didn't the FBI say, time out, folks. We're not getting in the middle of this, but the laptop's real. Again, we have to be very careful about what we can say, especially in the middle of uh, an election season because that's precisely some of the problems that led to my predecessors' uh, negative findings from the inspector general. Did you hear a gavel? That's pitiful. Especially at a time like this, the Democrats would have lost the election. We couldn't tell the truth. We're the FBI. We're here to elect Democrats. We're their secret police. This is Dan Rizzo. It's been well over a year since my brother Paul and I started advertising with Howie. It's been great to meet and work with so many of his listeners and staff. Our goal here is simple, to provide peace of mind and build strong relationships based on trust. Our clients know how much we care about them and their insurance needs. So if you want to save money and experience great customer service, contact us at RizzoInsurance.com. You might be amazed by the cost savings you can achieve. Again, that's RizzoInsurance.com.